Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons Live. Uh, we are back again uh, this week. This is the second time this week we're, we're live. Uh, we did one on Monday for the Sheffield game. And uh, we've done, uh, we're doing one now because of the Chelsea game. I am joined by a uh, an away fan that was at uh, at the game, who is I think just about awake. Uh, Scunny, how are you, mate? All right, guys. Sorry, I was on mute then as well. I'm not with <laughs> it all tonight. Didn't You're get back right. till three in the morning. I was going to say, what time did you get home at? Uh, it was about between three three and a half past. Is that that one I sent to you? <laughs> Mate, what a day. What an away game. I've never been to anything like it. The atmosphere there was unbelievable. It was amazing. Fine. Um, we will talk about it more. We will talk about it more. Uh, his last live podcast from Cos in Greece. Old, very old man, Trev. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you, Fergus. Hello, boys. I, I'm not very, really, really old. Just old will do, Fergus. Absolutely buzzy, mate. Still hanging off the ceiling after last night. Oh, wow. Scunny, you were so lucky to be there, mate. I'm so jealous. But I'm back. I'm coming back to the UK. I'll get back this weekend, and I ain't missing no more games, mate. mate We've mate, got I our arse back. I'm going to say, mate, I've got, I owe your mate some proper beers after that night. I really do. Yeah, it's yeah. good when you get nice like that. Listen, let's also bring in, let's bring in Corey. Corey, what colour we got? We got white. Oh, that's okay. We did have blue. We did have we did have like a dodgy nightclub look for a second. Then we had a brothel look. He's got one of these fancy lights. Corey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I will be changing the colour of the lights throughout the show. So um, we'll start with white and then we'll, you know, get more creative later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like that. That's something new. Uh, if people want to come in in the comments and, and pick a colour, maybe Corey can try and find it for you. <laughs> it's gonna be a pretty it's gonna be a pretty crap podcast if the most exciting thing is the lights in Corey's room. <laughs> um right, so Mike, as we touched you were on the game, you went down uh, and where did you go? Did you go to uh, Earl's Court beforehand, met up with the lads and a few beers? Uh, we first went to Fulham Broadway, and then we moved up towards Earl's Court because it was manic. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> and lineups. Looking at the lineups, uh, in particular, we had Bellerin starting back again, uh, and uh, Saka. They were both our our, our wing backs, our, our our left and right full backs, sort of thing. Um, what's your thoughts on those players? Now, uh, we type of touched on it a little bit last week. Corey, do you want to do you want to come in on? Uh, let's talk about Saka first of all, uh, Corey. Saka um, done really well. Um, I'm really he's really grown on me as a player. Um, you know, it's games like this when you do go down to ten men where you get to really show what you're made of. And what I liked about him is that he his head never dropped. He never stopped. He never stopped running. He never stopped fighting. Um, you know, when he was when he needed to be up in the final third, he was there. When he needed to be back, he was back. He had a. Uh, it was a tough game for him because um, we were pushing um, Chelsea out to the wide areas. Basically, like Chelsea didn't have any joy coming through the middle, but out wide with Hudson Odoi and William, you know, they were able to. They were whipping in a lot of crosses. So Saka had a lot to deal with, um, but he handled it really well. Um, could have probably had a bit more support, um, but him as an individual, he he, he performed marvellously, and you've got to keep reminding yourself that he's only 18 years old. He's only 18. He did... He did um, expose is not the right word I use, but he did come under an awful lot of pressure, and a lot of... Uh, Chelsea seemed to concentrate on that side with uh, Saka and Martinelli on it, and in the first half, I think we did struggle at first to deal with it. Uh, Trev, what did you make of Bellerin and his performance, and were you pleased to see him back? We've got some people in here uh, in the chat. Um, Mike is saying that Bellerin should be made the full-time captain. Um, thoughts on Bellerin? 
Yeah, I mean, people forget, Fergus, that uh, Bellerin was a very, very good player as, as a few years ago. And then he dropped off a little bit. He had some injuries and he dropped off a little bit. And um, maybe this is just the start of him getting back now to, to where he was a few years ago. He's a class act, he's Bellerin, you know. I don't think he helps himself with all these girly haircuts and all this uh, all this um, strange clothes he wears. But this coming no, from the guy who can't grow hair. Listen, mate, I've cut my hair, especially for tonight. <laughs> and at least at least I show mine. Don't cover it up with a hat most of the time. Hey. Anyway, listen. No hat, no yeah. hat. Listen, shut up a minute. I'm trying to talk. Listen. <laughs> um, he's a class player, Bellerin. He's just come back. Uh, all Talk of permanent captain, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, blah. Too soon. Just let the boy get back in the fold. He had he was captain last night. He's, he's took it well and he's played well. And he scored a goal and everyone loves him, don't they? But let's see how it goes over the next two or three weeks. But yeah, but it's, and, I like, Bellerin's good. Bellerin's a class act. And uh, Mike, what, on Bellerin, um, you know I've, I've had my reservations. I, I, I love him as an Arsenal player, um, but I do find that defensively, he he sometimes is too far up the pitch and he leaves us exposed. Did you did you see any of that yesterday? Not at all. Um, he... Barry Martinelli would have been my man of the match. If Martinelli didn't play so well, it was Bellerin was up there. It was just by that minute little thing, I think, to be fair. Bellerin was absolutely outstanding yesterday. And I I cannot fault him at all. And, you know, to come back from injury and with Maitland-Niles doing so well in that uh, right-back position, I think he's coming there and he's saying, right, no, 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 this is my spot. And I think he did that well last night. Mm. And he took it. He really took it. And, uh, you know, and like Trev said, he has been getting some criticism, you know, rightfully so. He does get a bit of criticism sometimes, but um, his attitude towards that game. And like I say, to to do that by coming back from injury against a team like Chelsea, who are hit and miss at times, I just feel like he, he took that and he, he said, he's, he's basically saying to the manager, no, 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 you can't give this spot to anyone else but me. This is my spot. And I, that that's what I like about it. He he showed his fight. He showed his worth. And did he show any sign of, of, of injury? Because he came back uh, early uh, in the, earlier in the season and went off more or less, I think it was within a game or so, he's back injured again. So, you know, uh, like Ben Bennett says, let's hope he stays injury-free now. He's a very important player. Um the, I personally think, yeah, what you were saying, like, yeah, I think he was, he probably come back a bit too soon from his injury. I think he was mm. just, he's probably forced back in by the fact that we haven't really got another right back. There's only really Maitland Niles and Mustafi who can play in that position at the moment. And uh, obviously, Maitland Niles has done really well there of these last few games that he's had. So, you know, you can't fault him at the minute. And I'm not, I wouldn't like to fault him, I think, to be honest. I think yeah. he's done really well. But it's, uh, you know, I mean, to come back from injury too soon, sometimes it, it you know, it, it, it plays on a player's mind. I think he's lost a bit of his pace, Bellerin, at the minute, but that could just be down to the fact that he's had so much time off. And I think that's the only thing that's really got him at this moment in time is his pace. Ooh, yeah. Listen, you're exactly right, Mike. You're exactly right, son. You've hit the nail on the head. But uh, uh, just one point about him getting playing, getting stuck too far forward sometimes. That that won't happen now because I don't think Arteta lets that happen, does he? Arteta is uh, a pressure man and he's a cover ground man and he's a super fit man. He wants all these players covering ground and being super fit and getting mm. back. So I don't think we'll see any of them get stuck forward anymore because they don't, because Arteta won't stand for it. Well, that's how I see it anyway, mate. Well, it, it, well, the, the thing is as well with the uh, the style of play that Arteta's gotten into, that double pivot that we've got at the minute with uh, Xhaka and Torreya, you, you notice them, they sort of push wide. When the, when the fullbacks pull forward, them two push sort of what they push wide out so they're covering that ground so it, what Arteta's doing at the moment is absolutely brilliant with the way he's working it and the, the way the formation works at the minute it's, it's brilliant it just needs a few more tweaks I think with a few more players coming in but that's going to that's going to take time so when we get when we start getting to them that point I think we're going to see a massive massive difference and Corey um, Mustafi now the <laughs> Let's look at the Mustafi up until the red card, and then we look at the Mustafi afterwards, because I know there's varying opinions about Mustafi uh, right across uh, right across the Arsenal fan base. Mustafi, he cocked up, you know, again. Yeah. Um, go on, I'll let you take it. Mustafi did a Mustafi. <laughs> Mustafi was the queen Mustafi. Um, 
we we've come to expect it. Nobody was surprised. It was just like, for goodness sake, again, you know, we I think he had he was in our good books after the Sheffield United game. He had a good game. Um, he was pretty solid in that match. So I know some people were complaining, um, saying, why did we play him in this match? Um, you know, especially if Holden's fit. But to be fair, like I said, in the last game, he did all right. But this time around, um, yeah, he, he copped up. Um, <laughs> woeful back pass. Everyone saw what happened. Put us in trouble. David Luiz um, got sent off. Red card in a second. He did a penalty. You know, um, after the red card, he was really good, to be fair. Um, if you look at his stats in terms of um, clearances, interceptions, um, his, his, they were up there, you know. So he actually didn't have a bad game overall, but obviously that mistake was a huge mistake and it, and it influenced no, I, I the game. Now, the mistake, uh, Trev, you watched it on TV, and then I'll come to Mike and, and get his view from in, inside the ground. Trev, you watched it on TV, the, the mistake. Mustafi left uh, Leno high and dry. Uh, Leno couldn't do any an air shot to try and clear it. Uh, and Louise went in on Tammy Abrahams, I think. Um, took him out, in my view. And I know Richard Butler in the in the chat and on, on some of the Facebook groups disagrees. Um but in my view, it was it was a red card. He's last man. People are talking about different angles about um, Abraham's kicking the the, the 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 earth and making himself fall. Well, that's professionalism, I suppose. And other people are saying that Mustafi had got back in time to to get on the line. Uh, what did you make of it, Trev? Well, firstly, I yeah, Mustafi made his mistake. He he makes them too often, and and it annoys me. But but. He didn't go into hiding after the mistake this time, did he? His head didn't stay down for many minutes. He was back up. And after the mistake, he had a thoroughly decent game. And, and I was very pleased with him, the way he played. Um, maybe that's the Arteta effect again, you know. Don't let me head drop for too long. I've made the mistake. Let's get on with it. As for the... I thought it was a, I thought it was a sending off at the time. I think the thing that Richard might be touching on is, is this double jeopardy thing, isn't it? Whereas you can't be punished twice for the same offence. But um, what it's saying is the, the 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 tackle has got to be making a valid attempt to to um to to get the ball, and they judge that he wasn't, and Louise got sent off, and I can see why he got sent off. I don't think it was Ash. Um, I don't think I'd have moaned if he'd have stayed on actually either. I'm sort of down the middle of it, but no, I'm not moaning about it. It, it looked like he bundled him over, and and he he got the sending off. That's it. Done. So there you go. And, and like Terry Greenwood said, like it was probably a little bit foolish. Um, he pushed Abraham wide. Uh, if he scores, so what? You still got eleven v eleven. Um, I don't know. What, what did you make, Mike? Uh, well, at the ground when we first saw it, there was—I don't know if you heard it on the TV—there was a lot of booze going around for Mustafi after that happened. Um, which is, I think, it is right. He made a massive, massive mistake there. Um, I sort of tend to agree with with what Terry put there, you know, I don't think it was right that Louise went down, you know, and went for the ball like he did. It was a red card in my eyes, but I don't, you know, I mean, because of the rules have changed, I've seen a few other people putting up the, you know, I mean, the rules change, but I thought with it being the last man, he's on target, you know, with a chance on goal, it's to me, if you pull the guy down, it's a red card. It always has been, but I don't, like I say, I think there's a few people in the chat saying that it's, uh, that, that rule's not there anymore, but as far as I was aware, it, it is. So it's it was definitely definitely a red card because what it, it, it was a genuine attempt to go for the ball, but he, he missed the ball. Uh, but I ain't, I haven't really seen much on the highlights, and I haven't seen I haven't really seen the telly, uh, you know, I mean, the the stats on the TV yet. So I only remember it from the ground. But you know that mistake that Mustafi made, you know, it is a bit of a stupid mistake. Louise, yeah, he made a stupid mistake as well, but. You can sort of forgive him for that, you know. He's trying to get, you know, he's genuinely trying to get the ball. You know, he's trying to make amends for the mistake. But I do, you know, I tend to agree with Corey as well. And nice to meet you, mates. First time I spoke to you. So, and uh, it's it's a really tough one for me because I saw Mustafi. He didn't just make that mistake. He was making other mistakes as well. I think there's a few times he he did the same. You know, he, he left people a bit short with passes and stuff like that. So. I can only say what I saw in the ground and what other people were seeing as was well. It, who was around when, me? When you're talking about Mustafi, there's that was that prior to the the cock up, or is that it was after? Yeah, it was after the cock up. Yeah. 
Okay, that, yeah. Uh, I, th- uh, I, th- I think, in fairness, um, he did once or twice leave somebody short on a, on a pass or made a slightly wayward pass. But when you're, you know, we were pushing forward. The first half, we we weren't fantastic in the first half of Monaco. The, the question I would say before we finish up on on the penalty and the red card and so on, why wasn't VAR called in? I didn't I didn't see any call for VAR. And if people are questioning this double jeopardy rule and saying there's a change in rules and saying he was pushed out wide, that he'd made a genuine attempt for the ball and everything else, where was VAR? I don't know. As far as oh, sorry, Corey, go on. So yeah, no. Um, there was a check on VAR. It was a very quick one. Um, but if you um, if you watch it back, you'll see Louise standing next to the ref, and the ref is sort of you know listening his earpiece. Um, there was a quick check, but I don't think it was you know on the board like big announcement. It was just a, I'm going to quick check it quickly. They said it was still a red, and so he was then he's, he asked Louise to leave the pitch. Do you, th- do you think that's probably just trying to get a bit slicker and not spend five, ten minutes like checking checking VAR and stuff? Yeah, and I think what um, what Mike was talking about in terms of the rule, if it still exists, if it's the last man, um, he's got a clear chance on goal and he gets taken out and it, before it was a red. If that's still the case, then it's a, it's a straightforward decision. So I don't think they needed to spend too much time on it. But would it be no malice as well? He only misses the one game, not the three. Oh, oh, that was that was my next question as well. Does he get a three game uh, ban no, or does he just get a one game? It's, it's just the one. one. It's just the one because it's not. It, 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 it was no malice involved. It wasn't um, like Aubameyang's challenge, for instance. Because there was no malice intended on that either. Yeah. But yeah, um, well, I, Leno. I thought I thought Mustafi did all right last night after the mistake, and I like him today. I like Mustafi. There, he's a good lad. Today, maybe tomorrow. Can, be I, can I just make a point as well? I know, I know, you were saying about Mustafi and everything like that, but I thought Xhaka did a, an amazing job. Yes, I, I've got Xhaka down here as uh, playing as a central defender, an excellent performance. But that throughout the game, when he was asked to drop back, just finish up on the penal. Leno, he came close. He nearly, he nearly saved that. Um, and mm. uh, but. Like Johnny from the North Bank comes along and says on the YouTube chat, he's coming along and saying the sending off prompted the Lions' performance. Uh, it'll set them up mentally for go, uh, better going forward. So it's like a siege mentality. And I, I honestly do think that's probably what we got out of the game. Uh, yes, a point um, is, is great, but um, I think it was just the whole mentality. We went in 1-0 down at half time. Um, with no shots on goal at all in the first half. Uh, also, just on on that red card, you know, Arsenal have had the most red cards against Chelsea uh, than any other uh, Premier League side. Uh, we've had eight red cards against Chelsea, uh, but no no shots on goal at half time. Um, we did see that once Louise was taken off, uh, Arteta looked like he was going to make a set substitution, and it looked like he could have been taken off our boy Martinelli. Um, which would have been a bloody disaster, uh, the way we look at it now. Um, well, when we were at the ground and stuff, obviously, the see you see the players warming up. Uh, Holden was only in his jacket, so he was ready. He looked like he was primed, ready to come on. Uh, Rob Holden, so he only had his jacket on warming up, so he had his you know, he was in shorts, no tracky bottoms when you see him and stuff like that. So he looked like he was coming on, but no one in the ground knew who it would have been for. Uh, but we, I don't think anyone in the ground would have suspected Martinelli would have been coming off. What I like, what I liked about that, and subsequently, you could see various subs almost coming on and various players almost coming off, and Arteta kept on changing and changing it and changing it. He was looking at the game and he was going, right, you're coming in, you're going to go on holding, for example, uh, and Martinelli's going to come off, and he goes, oh, hang on a second, and I think Bellerin. Uh, we'll again get to Bellerin in a minute, but Bellerin at 75 minutes looked like he was flagging and had a out of breath, and he stays on for the full 90 minutes. So, so yeah, Ozil did come off for Thank for God. What, what sort of game do you think he had, Mike? I'll let you since you piped up first. I'll let you say <sighs> about. Do you know what? I know I didn't realize this, but apparently he had a quite a high percentage passing accuracy. But the passing that we saw at the ground, and I, I'd probably go for many, many other people there. He didn't have a bad game, but his passing was either sideways or backwards. He wasn't really doing anything of substance to push the ball forward. The thing for me is when he came off, 
and Gwenduzi came on, the whole game completely changed for us. And that's the thing. That's what difference it made for me, and especially at the ground as well. It was, you know, I, I, I think there was a lot of other people there at the ground and the people who were stood next to me as well were actually thinking, thank God he's come off because he's offering nothing. As as well as not playing badly, he's not. he wasn't offering anything. He wasn't... He didn't look like he was trying to create something. He wasn't trying to push forward. He was asking for the ball, but he was giving it back or he was going backwards and sideways. He just wasn't really doing anything with it. And I think that was the issue that I think myself especially had because I made a point of watching uh, Ozil throughout that game. I thought, right, well, this is a game now. Is After what happened last time with Chelsea when he uh, when Georgina came on the 35th minute at home, it was just... It was like, right, we've got to make a point of Ozil. He's got to show something. And I just don't feel he had a he showed anything. But it's like Dave said there, 100% pass completion rate. It's all right doing that, but when it's sideways and backwards to the person who's near you, it's always going to be that. We've mentioned it before, Fergus, on this uh, podcast itself. Uh, um, Mertesacker had a high pass rating. You know, so anyone can get that high pass rating. But... If you're not creating something, and if it's just safe passing, what's the point? And this guy is meant to be our creative midfielder. He's meant to be pushing this team forward, and he just wasn't offering that last night. No, no, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And some of his some of his stats uh, since signing his new contract in January 2018. It's disgraceful, uh, mate. That it's 43 appearances, uh, five goals, and four assists. Uh, so no five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So five nine goals and assists all in all, which is just behind Virgil van Dijk, and he's not a striker or a creative midfielder. Uh, Corey, what did you make of Ozil's performance overall? Yeah, just ineffective. Yeah, when you, if someone has a hundred percent pass completion, then it's most likely they're just passing it sideways or backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not what he's there for. Um, I'm 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 done with Ozil now. I think he's I think he's done at the top level. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's his legs or his heart that he doesn't have anymore. But, you know, he's on a huge contract. He's on probably more money than Kevin De Bruyne. And look at the difference between the two of them. Um, yeah, he's just, I just, you know, at this point, it's just like, just let's just, just get him gone so we can get somebody else in that can actually do what we need him to do. Um, I don't, I've, I've, it's only recently where I've given up hope on him where, you know, at some point I thought he would, we would see the old Ozil again, but I think that's that's it now. Um, we did for a couple of games, you know. It want it, you know, for a couple of games like uh, against Man United, he was amazing. He was a really good player uh, when we beat Man United two 0 But it's like he has he has this tendency where he can play one or two games and then he just drops off for the rest of it. He is he he just becomes the missing man, and I think it was uh, Lee Judges um, who mentioned is the wanderer. Because it, it just doesn't do anything, it just wanders about. So yeah. it, it is that case, and that's the problem I have. And I agree with you, Corey. He has to go. And there's there's nothing. The really thing that really guts me is is like you got Sabios on the bench. What does he have to do to get in front of this guy? That's uh, that's an interesting question because I'm I, I'm like, how fit is Sabios? I don't know if it's a fitness thing or if Arteta just doesn't fancy him but he's been on the bench a few times now and mm. he's not even he's not got a minute of football so no. I'm not sure what's happening there and then actually I did see something today where he replied to Bellerin's tweet and um, he said he's going to miss um, Bellerin's shooting on his left foot but the the key part of that was the I'm going to miss mm. so there's talk of him maybe his loan spell being cut short or you know I don't know. But him, him talking like I've heard some other stuff which uh, I can't really go into, but um, yeah, I don't think um, Arteta is overly keen. There's a lot, a lot of other stuff, Spanish politics and stuff involved in it, but I don't think he's overly keen. Trev, um, Gwendozi came on. Uh, you know me; I always type down the word Gwendozi. Uh, but as Mike um, alluded to, he he changed the game when he came on. Just he 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 didn't do anything. He didn't do anything miraculously fantastic. He just added some of the, the, the some dyna, uh, dynamism to the game and some urgency to trying to get the ball forward. What did you make of Gwendozi coming on in his performance then, Trev? Yeah, 
Fergus, I've just been sitting here listening to these lads. I'm going to take 30 seconds of your time on Ozil here because I, I, I'll talk about Ozil now with these boys because they've not been derogatory and they've not... I've, I've got rid of a few people off social media this week who who weren't just saying Arsenal, Arsenal players were bad. They were, they were really, really abusing them. And I mean, nasty words. And you don't do that to players of your own team. You talk like Corey and, and, and uh, Scully just have and say, yeah, he's not playing very well and I don't think he's good enough. That's fine. But don't go over that line and start really, really abusing them. I mean, nasty abuse. Don't do that. You're an Arsenal fan. Don't do that to our own players. I thought Ozil has been past it for the last two or three seasons. You know that. I had a lot to say about his performance in the Europa League final last year when I was lucky enough to be in Baku and I saw it. And and, and so, yeah, I think I think Ozil would be better off moving on. 100%. Gwendu, now, Gwenduzi, you've all moved around. What's happened here? Gwenduzi. Gwenduzi reminds me a lot, right? of a young Colo Ture when Colo Ture first came to Arsenal, right? Not from a positional point of view, but Colo Ture used to come on full of energy, right? It didn't matter where Wenger played him. He'd just run all over the pitch anyway, like an headless chicken. But he'd lift the side with his energy and his passion and he'd find a pass. And that's what Gwendoos is reminding me of at the moment. He's a young lad, full of enthusiasm, gets around the park really well. And hopefully he'll develop over the next two or three years into... After player Colo Ture was, and then we'll have a blinding good player on our hands, let me tell you. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm all right with Gwen. I, I think he goes down a bit easy and I think he whinges a bit much, but what footballer don't these days? So, yeah, he's, he's all right by me, Gwen. Does he? He'll develop, hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Um, Can I just make a quick point on that? Because uh, yeah. I've noticed over the last couple of games and stuff like that, we've we've been in a bit of a scrap, you know, with games. You know, they get, they get a bit scrappy in games. And... When you go down to ten men, you need someone who's going to be up for the scrap, who's going to be a bit, a bit more involved, a bit like for Trevor was saying, a bit more energetic. And I've noticed when we need these players the most, and the, the players I've noticed more than anyone that we need in scraps in a scrappy fight uh, is Guendouzi and Martinelli, because they and even Saka as well at some points, because they are always up for it. They're, they're constantly moving. They're constantly going for the ball. They're trying their hardest. They're pushing forward. And these are the things you want when you get into that scrappy battle in football. And when we were down to 10 men, it showed. When Doozy came on, it completely changed it. And that's what we need. We need to be up for these. You know I mean? We need to be up for the fight. And obviously, look how it turned out. Yeah, don't forget, you've not mentioned Martinelli there either. Ah, and, just, just, and, yeah, just oh, sorry, uh, yeah, Martinelli as well. Sorry, we're Fergus. We're I'll, getting I'll to Martinelli. Because right, well, hurry up then. I want to talk about Martinelli. Come on, move well, on. Martine Martinelli's counter-attack uh, was reminiscent of uh, Henri, Anelka, um, Pepe in support, I thought was fantastic. I noticed that Lacazette was blowing out of his ass to try and keep up with him, but at least he was he was going in the right direction. But go on, Trev. The floor is yours. Yeah, and it, it's great to see the young lad and it playing. Uh, the point I was going to make was that you put yourself in um, Lacazette and Aubameyang's shoes this morning. They must be thinking to themselves, well, which one of us two is he going to drop? Because he can't drop Martinelli on his recent performances, can he? So it's going to get really interesting. And 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 what happens is, if, if, if this is the case, that then we, we might see all the players in the team raising their games because all these youngsters start playing really well. The players that have been easing off a little bit start thinking, hang on a minute, I can't be easy anymore. These these other lads are doing really well. I've got to pull my socks up here. So be, I wonder what Lacazette and Aubameyang were thinking this well, morning. Maitland-Niles and, and Bellerin, that's what we touched on earlier, like the competition among them, you know, yeah. is it, going to increase. What, you know, he, he could have been taken off um, after Louise... Um, after Louise's uh, red card, uh, well done to Arteta for that. But it's a 67-yard run, and it was 13 seconds after a corner. Do you remember when Arsenal used to do that all the time? I, I, yeah. I, I got my head, Henri Perez, the red current shirt, the one that you like, um, uh, Mike. And I remember them doing that. And, ah, oh, it's just, yeah, that's the same Who got the assist? Who got the assist for the goal, for Martinelli's goal? Mustafi, <laughs> where on, Corey? <laughs> Mustafi got the assist. Uh, mate, oh. It doesn't even class him as assist when he runs that far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Course he classes as an assist. Course get out of it. Get out of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to say something now. I've forgotten. Next, next thing, you know, you're going to come along to me next and say, Nurzel gets pre-assists. Don't even start with that. <laughs> you, you was the person that started that pre-assist rubbish, weren't you? No, not all. Not no. at all. I hate that bloody stat. Yeah, me too. Pre-assist. What a load of rubbish. Yeah, Corey, exactly. Corey, thoughts on Pepe's performance? Wait, can, I, can we just can I talk about Martinelli quickly? No. Nah. Yeah, go on. He, he does. He does that, mate. He does that. He always wants we, to get rid of the good stuff first. We talk about this kid. Like we have got a special player on our books. Yeah. I when we bought him, I there was chat about this this kid before we even got him, and they and there was he was on a lot of people's lists of like top ten young players that could possibly you know become world class in the next couple of years. Chelsea and Man United turned him down. Yeah, but. His his reputation was was there before he got to us, but but obviously not. It wasn't worldwide. Um, we got him. We got him for cheap, and he started the season exactly how I expected him to. He's what double figures now, ten goals. Um, he's got everything you want, you know, for a forward player. You know, he's got that pace. He's got the technique. He's got the skill. And he's got the heart. He's got the fight. I love Martinelli. I love Martinelli. Yeah. I'm very excited. And just like Trev said, he's not, you can't drop him. I think Lacazette is the one that's going to have to make way when a Bamiyang's fit, but can't drop him. He's, you need to give this boy some playing time. He will become world class in the next couple of seasons. Mark Can my word. You, yeah. you know, you, that, those hangers on us, right? Those, uh, that rail and that Vicky Shower and all that lot, they need to do their job tomorrow, get him in their office and tie him down to a six year contract. That's what they need to do. Not messing around. Um, with Pepe, Pepe, I think he done all right. He done all right. Um, I think the problem that Pepe's having is that with Arteta's tactics, we're a lot more compact these days. So you know, we 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 move backwards and we move forwards as a team. But when we are on the back foot and we're defending a lot, he has to come a lot deeper. And so, but when he actually gets the ball, he's nowhere near the opposition's goal. So you see him trying to work his way out of um, of, of, of our half, you know, running with it, gets fouled a lot, um, but he's not going to do any damage, you know, because he's too far from goal. Um, that doesn't stop him from trying to take players on and whatnot. And a lot of the time, he, it doesn't come off. He done it. He done it yesterday, and didn't he get chopped up? I don't know. I can't remember what player he got a yellow card. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. He, he yeah. got chopped up four times. Yeah, and he's good at that because when we because yesterday our passing was atrocious at times. It was really bad. Couldn't string two passes together. Um, but when you've got a player like that who's got dribbling ability, and we just need to get the ball away from our goal, he's good at that. He can sort of get away from a couple of players and, and run with it. But it's not going to look great on his scoring and assist stats. Um, but when he did actually get near their goal, um, he was crossing it with his right foot. Some people say that he's really left-footed, but I, we saw him cross with his right foot quite a bit yesterday. Um, I just think that he needs to be in a, a front three that is like confident, you know, passing the ball around amongst himself, being able to switch wings, all of that stuff. But we're, we're not there yet, so we're still not going to get the best out of him just yet. But and I, I think I've got faith. I think Ben is right. He's in the chat. He's come along and said uh, people need to be patient. He'll come good. I, I do think so. Um, you know, he's only been in. He's only been in the Premier League for uh, just over six months. Uh, it's a tough, a tough league, and it's a huge step up from the French league. Um, looking at Chelsea for a minute. Um, Welcome to me on all this, will you? What's don't that? Miss, don't miss me out on this one, mate. Kante still lying on the floor now from Martinelli. <laughs> They haven't even picked him up yet. You know what I mean? They had a stretcher out for him at one point. Look, at the end of the day, Martinelli was unbelievable in that. And just before that, he was he was running to the line at some point before that. He was complaining of cramp and he was blowing just before he ran that 67 yards. So yeah. that just shows you how professional and how much he wants to do this job and how much he wants to go for it. And that just amazes everyone, that. And it was unbelievable. And after that goal... There was non-stop singing uh, of Martinelli's song that he's got now uh, at the ground. It was just non-stop up until there was a corner, and I think that was like five minutes after. So the ground, our the whole away ground, all the all the way fans were just singing his name constantly for about five minutes. It was just on and on and on, and it's that that is just for me that it, 
the ha- the atmosphere at the ground was unbelievable and it was just non-stop the whole game it was brilliant it was such great and when that first goal went in I, 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 on the lower tier there was a mosh pit at the lower tier everyone were just piling on top of everyone it was it was amazing to see and uh, obviously i had a few i had a, i had a few friends down there who was involved in the mosh pit and on the top tier where i was um at the uh, I don't know I don't know if any of you lot have been to the Chelsea ground, yeah. but where the uh, where the top tier is at the where the barrier is, people were literally on top of this barrier, jumping up and down. Everything it just went absolutely mental for this. Sadly, my, sadly my last trip to Stamford Bridge was on my birthday. I was with Robbie from Arsenal Fans TV. He was beside me, not doing Fans TV thing, but he he was just watching the game. Really interesting guy. Really knows his football. Um, but uh, it was Arsenal got beaten 3-1 and the Wenger out banners came out. So I'm glad you had a much better experience than, than hey, me. I've been to a fair few away games now and that is the best experience I've ever been to. It was unbelievable. I just cannot describe it so much. I, and- had, it at, I had it at Wigan uh, with Van Persie when he scored a hat-trick and we beat Wigan at 4-0. I, I travelled all the way up on my own, gone to the game, didn't know anybody around me and it was just like, nuts and it's when when away games are like that it's brilliant it's oh. on, on, on on chelsea okay um let's just make a quick point about pepe yeah. as well sorry yeah, 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 i know yeah, we're talking on. about pepe and i agree with what Corey was saying as well oh. but i think i don't know if you saw it on the tv or uh, or not as much but pepe was asking for the ball a lot to try and get down that right hand side he was trying his hardest to try and get that ball passed because emerson was on a yellow card he only had to make one more mistake and he would have been on a red and i reckon pepe would have absolutely eating him up for that because he just wasn't receiving it. He was trying his hardest and he was, he was trying his best. And I didn't think Pepe had a bad game yesterday as much as other people would say it, maybe, maybe disagree with me, but I don't know if you saw it on the TV as much, but he was absolutely running ragged down that right hand side. He was up and down. He was cutting in. He was doing everything he could to try and get that, that ball, but he just was not coming to it. So I don't think it was more his fault why he had, people assume that he had a bad game. I don't think that was down to him. I think it was more down to the fact that he just wasn't receiving the ball where he wanted it or is, how he how he needed it. Isn't it amazing how different a game looks on TV than uh, at the ground? Okay, depends how much beer you've had as well and, and, and so on. But if you're actually there and trying to watch the game and you can see so much more than off the ball, that's on the ball. Um, and... and, and I said it about, I went to Palace away recently and I said it about Ozil had a reasonably good game. Yeah, I put that up earlier. Dave Harold. Oh, yeah, I've just, just seen it, mate. I love that. I know I, I didn't know he was in that, Dave, to be honest. <laughs> but but yeah, he, I, I said about Lacazette's coming under under criticism recently, and I think he puts an awful lot of work in, a lot an awful lot of hard work in. Um on Chelsea, did, did... <laughs> Chelsea... Wait. You can't move on yet, Fergus. You, you can't, can't move on. He's trying to, but it's not Listen, happening. We're here to talk about the bloody Arsenal, Fergus. Let me tell you, right? Listen, that 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 atmosphere last night, right? I'm so jealous of you, Mike. I'm so jealous because you know me. I you love it. Right? Honestly, I I've never, honestly, Trev, I've never but experienced anything like that ever. Let me, let me, let me, let me put this out there, right? Why was the atmosphere so good, right? Now, I'll tell you why I think it was because. I'm an old man, right? And 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 yeah, the the, the scoreline helped last night. It would have been nicer to win, but getting a draw at Chelsea helped. But I tell you, all I ask of Arsenal, right, of the Arsenal, all I ask is for a, a hundred percent commitment from every player on the field for ninety plus minutes every game, right? And that's all I ask for. And if I if 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 we lose two or three nil, but I should stand there and I think, Jesus, they've tried their hardest, then boys. I'm not going to knock them. And that's what that's what raised our crowd last night, right? That's what raised them Arsenal fans because we never gave up. Down to ten men, a goal down, two one down, and 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 we in years gone by and, and recently we would have dropped right off. We'd have, we'd have gone. We'd have been out of that game. We'd have, we'd lost three or four, five one maybe, but they didn't, did they? They just kept giving everything. Even Özil and Pepe, right? They gave what they could. And the fans showed their appreciation, and the fans always will show their appreciation when the when the players are giving that. I can't wait till Bournemouth on Monday. Let me tell you, we've got a whole end at Bournemouth. Let's hope we get an atmosphere like that there. This old man's going to be giving it some. Let me tell you that. <laughs> I, I hope it's the same at Burnley because I'm going there. I'm going there as well. I hope it's yeah, the same. There. Yeah, I'll see you there, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are we are you both going? Are you? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be amazing. I hope it's the same there. 
But no, it, as you were saying, Trev, sorry to interrupt again, Fergus, but as you were saying, honestly, the singing started before the <laughs> first, before the start whistle. It, the singing started, it was just non-stop all the way through. It was amazing. Fergus, you can ram it. We're not here to talk about Chelsea, like Trev said. I've got other stuff to talk about as well. We Did don't need to Fergus, talk anything Fergus, about can anything Can I ask else? you one question before you move on? Can I ask you one question, Fergus? Who are Chelsea? <laughs> hey? Who are Chelsea? Shit club, no history. <laughs> they bought everything they've ever owned. Why do we want to talk about them? Let's I, talk about something else. Right, okay, okay. The one question, okay, uh, I was going to say on Chelsea. Um, As I was in, saying, Trev, you know, you know, the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mudge, I am going to Burnley, by the way. I'll see you Oh, there, brilliant, Smudge. mate. Yeah, I can't wait to see you there, mate. In the cricket club, yeah. So I've muted all the others. <laughs> um, on Chelsea, the question I have, and I know Mike has got a right on it, he can actually unmute you. But um, the question you was, can't mute did, me. Did, did Frank <laughs> Frank cock up in the sense that they looked that they were happy at staying at one nil, and that they um, they just didn't come at us. Until obviously uh, Aspilicueta, oh, I've done that one. Uh, got the equaliser, or the 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 two one uh, on the eighty fourth minute. So, you know, what what did you make just on that? That's the only thing I would say. Did did the superstar, the press lovey that everyone loves, Fat Frank, did did he um did 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 he did he cock up? Corey, go on. Since you've been polite, uh, I don't think. I mean, I remember them actually. Um being in our half quite a lot after we went out to 10 men, but Xhaka and, you know, our boys were just like really good at um, keeping them out. Like I said, they had to go to the wide areas a lot. And so there's a lot of crosses that we were just clearing. So it probably didn't look like they were too much of a threat. They did try. They just, you know, they just weren't that good. Um, so I don't think it's through lack of um ambition or, or wanting to get a second goal. I just don't think they were actually capable at this time. Were they being arrogant? Huh? Were they being arrogant? Um, maybe. I mean, look, we've gone down to 10 men. We Everyone knows that we've not been the, the, the best team of late. Um, you know, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't blame them for thinking that 1-0 was enough. Um, and obviously that the chance that we got, the, that Martinelli taught, that was, it was amazing. You know, like, obviously we needed Kante to slip. But for you know, you're not thinking that one of our players are going to run the whole length of the pitch and then slot it away so so cool and calmly. Um, you know, you're not thinking that's going to happen. So you know, we caught them by surprise. Um, you know, after that, yeah, they they tried, they tried. I think they tried a bit harder to 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 get the second. They got it, um, and I put, yeah. he didn't think we were going to come back and get the equaliser. So. You know, that, that was his fourth goal in 29 games in all competitions this season for uh, abs- for uh, the Chelsea player. I, I said it once, I got away with it. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, but he's only scored four goals in all 109. 109- 109 games over the last two campaigns. So, you know, for him to, to, to get a goal. But three minutes later, Bellerin, who I said was flagging at the 87th minute, or sorry, 75th minute, scores a goal. Um, on his was it his right his left foot was it yeah on his left on his left on his left foot when i saw the goal live i thought oh that didn't look great but then they actually showed an angle from behind the goal it was a peach yeah that curled in nicely we've only scored four goals from outside the box for uh, against chelsea bellerin being one uh, Savino in 2000 uh, and uh, Nigel Winterburn in 97. Um, he scored at Chelsea. One of his uh, that was his that was the his one and only goal for um, for Arsenal. I think Nigel Winterburn. Am I right? He only got one goal. Trev. I uh, would never clue. I'd have thought he'd got a few more than that, but no, I wouldn't know. I, I, I was know. I on the Legends tour with him, and, and I think he said he only got one one goal ever. Uh, uh, mentioning we did touch on it earlier, Shaka as a central defender, um, he was fantastic, didn't you think? Absolutely, he, he played up, mate. He uh, he he slotted into that role, and he knew he had a job to do, and he he did it. He he was amazing. He he did really well. He uh, he made a couple of mistakes, but you can forgive him for that because it's not his natural position. But 
what he did do on the day, it, it was a, it, it was play played amazing. He stepped up to it massively. The, the the question is then: you say it's not his natural role. It's not David Luiz's natural role either. Should they sh- swap roles? Because David Luiz, well, David, is Luiz is, David Luiz is more of a centre back than Jacome all day long. No, because he, he played David Luiz played as a, a central midfielder, a defensive midfielder. It was his his natural role. Well, he's played more times at centre back than he has defensive. I wouldn't say he's naturally a defensive midfielder. Okay. Wait a minute. Let, let's get something straight as well, boys. We we still need to sign a centre off. We still yeah, need to yeah. sign a centre off at the club. And uh, Mark Arniman's mate, Mark Arniman's made a great. Uh, I was just comment. There. I was just thinking about it actually. When you mentioned Arsenal goals against Chelsea, Fergus, you got to mention it's only Ray Parler. You can't not mention Ray, Ray Parler. But was in that the at the bridge? That, was that at the bridge? No, in the cup final. Ray Parler in the cup final. Okay, I, I think one in. the stats I had were were league related, so rather than uh, than other competitions. So yeah, now Ray Parler. Yeah, Mike Hardiman Hardiman uh, mentions Ray Parler's one as well. Uh, David yeah. Louise. Uh, there was a clip on on TV. You wouldn't have seen this, Mike, but David Louise was sitting watching like the last minutes of the game, sitting. <laughs> enthralled in the game and kicking every ball with the, with his teammates from the dressing room. And uh, he realised the cameraman was looking at him. He's like, get away, sort of thing, um, which I liked. It shows that he's actually committed. And I think he, he should have come joined us in the away end. That's what he should have done. <laughs> he's, he's not allowed into the stadium once he's been ejected. <laughs> after card. Um, Mike, Mike, on, on the telly. Sorry, Fergus, I'm being naughty tonight, I know. Mike, on the telly, it sounded like the Chelsea fans. I mean, if I can... We're, we're really getting into uh, really getting into Louis, giving him a bit of an hard time. Um, uh, yeah, they give him they give him the old way when he got uh, when he got yeah. recorded. But honestly, I never heard it. I never really heard him. No, well, it sounded like it. And strangely enough, my boy, my lad, um, texted me about ten minutes before and said Louis is getting wound up. He was going to get sent off tonight, Dad. And uh, I don't think he thought it would be in that context, but he actually did get sent off. So. It was interesting, but uh, no, Xhaka's not a centre-off. I'm still not sure about Xhaka, but uh, Xhaka's been not playing. A well. I'm, I'm going to give him some credit. He's been playing well under Arteta so far, but I, I, yeah, am, I, I am with Trev. You know, I'm, I'm with Trev on that. It, it is a case of when's it going to happen? You know, when yeah. when's that next mistake going to happen that's going to send him down? It's more of his attitude for me, Xhaka's attitude. Mm. The jury's still out. I, I'm, I'm not going to knock him because he has done all right, but I just his attitude just worries me still. And, and don't forget what I just said. Don't get don't get a full sense of security. We do need to buy a centre off, like we have done for about the last. Oh, two yeah, years. I agree with hundred percent. Keep this moving. Keep this moving. So um, the next bit is the Guna debate. Um, is Leno? He's come into people are criticising, saying, you know, he's not. He's not great. He's not a great um, keeper and this, that, and the other. I actually think he he's great. Uh, one of probably the top five keepers in the league, you know, four or five keepers in the league. Uh, some stats that Molina uh, came in for, and she, her stats last week were really good. Our, our Monday were really good. Um, uh, last night was the seventh time this season that Leno has made six or more saves in the Premier League. It's crazy. Like, you know, uh, we've got a, a bad defence, but he's making these stops. He's made, I think he's made more saves than any other um, keeper in the league. Uh, you know, okay, we're mid-table at the minute, but technically speaking, you know, we're, we're, we're a team that should be up there and competing at least for the top four. You know, how can anybody come and, and criticise him? Trev, come on, you're being naughty. You can answer the question. <laughs> I, I don't know how people can criticise Leno to be honest with you mate I think he's had a cracking season and I think he's turning into a fine young goalkeeper I, I, I know Molina started doing a lot of the stats so I'd be really interested to know I, it wouldn't surprise me if the likes of Pickford and De Gea haven't made a lot more mistakes than Leno has this season you know and no one's getting on their backs are they mm-hmm. you know he's number one and the best goalie in the world at times he's been called De Gea I don't think he is now but, but yeah I you can't fault Leno, you know. Uh, it, it shocks me a little bit, that, but I see these little negative comments about him because I can't pick fault in him. I think he's been a, he's been a breath of fresh air after Czech because I think Czech was past his sell-by date and I'm very happy with him. And I'm also happy with a backup as well with Martinez because uh, he's not a bad lad either. So, yeah, I don't get it. He's all right. He's doing well. Good lad. And, Corey, when's the last centre-back, good centre-back, 
uh, of any use that we signed? Um, Kishoni. Kishoni. I think we have to go back to Kishoni when we first got him. Um, no, don't think when about we first got him. Huh? When we, do you not remember the Birmingham final? No, when we finally first, you know, but listen, Kishoni's his, few seasons. His, he, he, was he, was he was shocking to start off with. Cut him off. Look, Kishoni was the last good centre back that we signed was Kishoni. Yeah, France, French international. He was um, pretty solid for a few seasons. Um, obviously, left on bad terms. Um, but yeah, since then, yeah, just just tripe, really and truly. I mean, David for under cheap because he was available. Chelsea didn't want him, so it was a it was an easy purchase. You know, it was an opportunistic buy. Mustafi, we got from Valencia. He was all right at Valencia at the time, but you know, since he's come to us, he's just gone from bad to worse. Um, Holding looked good for a, for a, a time, but then you know, then he got injured, and he's you know he's not really got back to that that level since. Chambers, you know, he's gone out on loan. He's come back. You know, he's injured, so nobody has really um, pulled up trees. You know that we that we've signed in that area. Would you not put Permet Saka in there? Did, did it? No, Matasaka. He was all right, but I wasn't he part of that whole that the panic buys in 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 January. Um, again, just another. Yes, you're right. Yes, Corey. Yes, that you know he was a guy that was available. We thought, okay, we need a body in that area, so we just bought him. We haven't made a real considered purchase at centre back for a long, long time. You know, where we just stumble for identify you, somebody and then we go all out to get that person because that's exactly what we need. We haven't done that for a very, very long time. We haven't think, done that yeah. since Sol Campbell, Corey, mate. I'm sorry, oh. but Kashelny's made too many mistakes. The one that Fergus mentioned against Birmingham and the one after Atletico Madrid with Griezmann. Uh, you can't forgive him for them. You can't, no, but these are these are mistakes in two two games out of the you know the thirty eight games. There is others. There is others in there, mate. There is definitely others. And to go back with Leno as well, what Fergus was mentioned about Leno. We haven't had a keeper like Leno since Jens Lehmann, so that makes a massive. You see the difference there as well. You know, we've had Chesney. I, I never rated Chesney. We've had Almunia. Well, we know how that turned out, and we've also had uh, Fabianski as well, which he has sort of come good for West Ham. But I still don't rate him. He's still got that flap in him, you know. So we haven't had a decent keeper since, you know, I mean, since Leno, to you know, since Lehman. So you, you, we've we've struggled in that back line for such a long time. David's David's come on a bit. Hopefully, we'd have Saliba, but he's only played four games for uh, for his French side. So Trev, question for you, um, a different question, but one that you probably would be very able to answer um our oh. illustrious uh, fantastic opinions but i think our fantastic manager that was uh, of 20 odd years at arsenal um came out and gave an interview and he said at highbury when we left highbury did we lose did we leave our soul there this is all yours because you spent more time at highbury than any of the three of us put together well, I've not listened to the whole of the interview, Fergus. I've only just read the headlines and, and read the, the, the summary of it. Um, I think we left our heart and our soul at uh, Ivory. If you look at our record of winning things when we were there and look look at our record of winning things since we've gone to the Emirates, you don't need to be Einstein to work out that uh, we've gone downhill and downhill badly. Promised a dream, mate. We was promised a dream. We were, we, uh, we, I don't want to bore you because we spoke about this not long ago, but we were made lots of promises when we left Ivory and, uh, and none of them have really come to fruition. But I, didn't, I don't remember Wenger making a lot of noise at the time. Wenger was a massive supporter of the new stadium, I think. He designed it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, and things like even the changing room, even the changing room, the reason I was told, the reason that the, the seats in the Arsenal home changing room are like in a – They've got rounded ends. They're not square. There's no square at the end. The rounded ends is something to do with Wenger and his Feng Shui beliefs or something that, you know, you, you don't have any square corners. I don't know what the truth in it is, but it was Charlie George that told me that was why it was designed like that. So he must know something. Um, so, yeah, I, 
I've not taken to the Emirates. Uh, we did. We when you think you see, I watched so much success at Arsenal at, at, at Highbury. You know, starting from you know fr from from the wonderful George Graham, and then moving into the the early Wenger era. Of course, it seems like we left our soul there because it was it was our home. It was our spiritual home. You know. It wasn't our first home, but it was the place where Arsenal were born and developed. Matthew says we, we lost our voice at Highbury, but wasn't that the library? <clears throat> no, I, I, I'm not having that because, like, like all of them, like, 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 like any ground, you know, like we saw last night, like, like we see at the Emirates. If the players play the football, then the ground's alive. Don't tell me that the that Highbury was quiet when. When Thierry and we were slotting goals in, when when Tony Adams screams down the middle of the pitch and takes a pass from Steve Bold and smashes a volley into the back of the net, the roof was off the place. You know, it weren't a library; it was no, it was library. You know, and it was loud and it was proud when and, it needed and, to be. And the Emirates can do that as well. We just look at the North London derby this year. You look yeah. at like there's been there's been several games when they could lift some European nights that lifts the Barcelona yeah. night that we talked yeah. about before. We we've gone through all of that. I just I was just interested since the man who'd been there more, if if you actually agreed with Wenger and you, you type it, but I think if you listen to the whole interview with Wenger, he goes into more uh talking about uh, the way they had to redesign the distance from the pitch to try to keep it as tight as they could, but with health and safety, and because of this, lots, lots of um, there's lots of uh, things they have to take into consideration um, in designing a modern stadium rather than designing uh, rather than modifying a stadium like what Liverpool have done to a certain degree, but even modifying Highbury. We couldn't have changed Highbury very much more. Uh, the local residents weren't supportive of, of any um, redevelopment of the Highbury Stadium because that was the original plan that they wanted to do. They wanted to uh, extend some of the, the stands, the North Bank and the clock, and they wanted to, to make them bigger. Uh, and obviously the East Stand is a listed building. They couldn't do very much with it. Uh, you're away on Monday to the FA Cup. We're playing at eight o'clock on a Monday night. Um, it, it's it, 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 I, I got offered a ticket, but I've, I've got work and I've, I've, I've got other commitments. I, I can't make eight o'clock on a Monday night. They just have no consideration of fans, fans all over the country. You're coming from bloody Greece, for Christ's sake. Um, and, you know, OK, you're retired now, so y you've got some more flexibility. But... The, the FA need to take take a look at themselves and just think of um, of, of fans, don't they, Trev? Well, just go back to Ivory for 10 seconds, Fergus. You see, I, I don't know if it was because I was a younger man, but I've stood on the terraces at Ivory in like the late 70s, early 80s, mid 80s, and there's only been like 18, 19, 20,000 in the stadium, and it held 60,000, you know? Yeah. Whether it was because I was a younger man and I had a different different outlook, I can't remember it ever being quiet on that. You know, mind you, maybe that was just me. You know, as a kid going to the games, but but going back to the TV, well, well, you know my thoughts on the TV. I've stated them soon enough in uh, many times, Fergus. TV runs football now. The FA don't run football. They've sold their heart and soul to TV, right? And they can't make a U-turn now. Because without letting TV pay them loads of money and run the game, you don't get Mesut Ozil on 350 grand a week. So the, the players don't care, you know, because that's how they earn their money. TV runs football. The FA don't run football. The FA may, uh, may apply the laws. The FA may run a poorly created VAR system. But TV companies run football, full stop. They, don't, they choose, they, they say when, what, where and how, mate. The, the full the full Monty TV runs football, but I'll still be there on Monday night. I'll pay for me and, hotel. Yeah, I heard very expensive salubrious. Um, the <laughs> the um, Eddie Howe, Corey, does mm -hmm. Eddie Howe need a cup run to save his job? No, I don't think it's a cup run that will save his job. You know, he needs to get some wins in the league. He they won yesterday. Um, so, you know, they've probably got a little bounce at the moment. Um, but no, they, um, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they you know, put out uh, a total B team against us and um, 
decided to concentrate on the league because you know relegation is not what you know Bournemouth needs. So um, no, mm. no, I, I I probably I'm inclined to agree with you because you know Premier League Premier is Premier League survival more important than a silver trophy? Definitely. Definitely. Just like Trev was talking about how TV runs football because, because of the money it generates. Um, and you know you're going to get that money if you're in the premiership. So, you know, if you want your club to, to grow and, and develop, you need that Premier League money. Um, and so you're only going to get that if you stay in the Premier League. Um, FA Cup would be nice. It's, an, it's, a, it's a nice day out at Wembley if you get to the final. Um, it's nice to have a bit of silverware. But that's not really, you know, what clubs like Bournemouth... Uh, are looking for at at this stage, they're, they're looking mm. to, to to stay in the Premier League and can, can continue to get that Premier League money. Look, Fergus, you're, sorry, you're exactly right, Corey. But let me give you an example. I've just thought of an example of how TV runs football now. Right, in years gone by, and I'm talking a good few years ago, if a game was postponed, say a game was postponed in January because of snow on the field, right. Arsenal would put an announcement out and say they had a game against, I don't know, Nottingham Forest postponed. So Arsenal and Nottingham Forest would get together and make a rearranged date that suited both clubs. And then both clubs will put out an announcement. Arsenal and Nottingham Forest have come to an agreement. We played a re- we'll replay the game in March, right? That don't happen now. If a game's postponed, what happens? The TV companies say you and you will replay that game on that date. Total control. Total control. The, it, the, yeah. the, don't get a look yeah. in. I agree, Trev. It's, it's got bad, mate. It really has. And this whole thing as well, trying to book, um, you know, I mean, book days out, you know, to come down to the football, even for myself. And there was a lad I know, he, want, he wanted to go to the Brighton game. And that's, on a, uh, that's still now showing as Saturday, three o'clock. But there's a Europa League game in between there. So that's going to be changed. But what's it going to be changed to? Is it going to be changed to Sunday? Is it going to be changed to Monday? So it's like, you can't book in advance, for instance, like, like a train ticket to get down there. So you can't it, when you book in advance. Obviously, it's going to be a bit. It's going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than it would be two weeks before the game. So it, it, it's it's well, getting ridiculous. I, the amount of money that you have to spend to try and do something, and they need to start telling fans, you know, when these games are going to be played. It, it's ridiculous now, and it really isn't. It is down. It is solely down to the TV. Like Trev was saying, it's all down to when they want to put it on. Ben makes a comment in there. Still can't believe that it's Monday night. It's five games this season now. Um, Ben, myself and yourself, Trev, bumped into Ben. He's travelled all the way from Scotland um, to go to these games. It's an absolute joke, he says. Listen, we've run out of time. It's been really, really good. Um, We will chat in the week after the Bournemouth game. Hopefully we're on to the the fifth round of the FA Cup, and then we will preview the Burnley game. Corey, uh, I'm disappointed you haven't dressed up like I even put a shirt on and everything like that, you know? I uh, know, I uh, know. It's like, listen, we need to synchronise a bit better, <laughs> right? Because no. you had the hoodie on last time, so I'll, I'll put the hoodie on this time. And It's all right. I, listen, I literally got in from work, same sort of thing, so I just like shirt mm-hmm. still on from work. Scotty, I hope you uh, get some rest after getting at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, need yeah. my beer sleep, mate. Oh Jesus, do you? Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> Sorry, I had an itch. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Trev, <laughs> as always, <laughs> you have been listening to Guns oh, and God. Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans. For these guys here, we're all Arsenal fans. Thank you, everybody in the chat. There's loads of people in there. Some new names I've seen, including, uh, I think it's your um, grandson or granddaughter, Sammy's uh, been putting some comments in there. There's Andy Smith. There's... It's, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, it's not me, granddaughter. It's my daughter. I'm not that old. It's my I daughter. don't know, do I? I don't know. Look at me. How can I have a sub? Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Uh, you have been listening to Guns and the Yellow Rivers an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans if you like what we do please click on the bell on YouTube uh, or follow us on Facebook on YouTube Facebook and Instagram we are on Guns and Yellow Ribbons and on Twitter we're on uh, Guns and and Ribbons on Twitter Uh, and obviously you've got our, our Twitter handles underneath down there as well 
Uh, thanks very much, everybody. Only one last thing to say. Up the arse. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.